This message is from Icon, from Community, Icon Church. Community Church. Icon is a church located in Metro located Atlanta. In Metro Atlanta. Seeks to be Atlanta. defined by grace, grace, grace community, 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 and renewal. Community and renewal. For more information, please visit our website at iconcommunitychurch.org. At iconcommunitychurch.org. Or follow us on Facebook. Instagram. A Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Each year, we take a moment to observe Maundy Thursday. As we are coming near to Easter and coming to the close of the Lenten season, and we take a moment in this space with the greater church across time and space. And it is very fitting for us on this day and in this time to reflect upon Jesus as he is approaching the crucifixion. One of the key moments as the crucifixion approaches is this Last Supper that Jesus and his disciples observe. And they're observing the first Passover as they gather together that night. As Jesus carries the weight of the time that is approaching for him to make the ultimate sacrifice and step into a brutal death, he gathers with his closest followers to observe and remember a time before when God had saved his people from death through the shed blood of a lamb. So together at the meal that night, they remembered how God had provided a way to protect his people, the Israelites, from death that was being brought by the angel. And they were protected from death by it being absorbed by another, a lamb. And when the lamb was sacrificed on their behalf and the blood covered the doorposts of their dwelling, death, when it arrived, passed over them. For the shed blood was a sign to death that they were covered. Death could take none in that place. So this is what they gathered to remember that night. This significant event in their history heavily on their minds. This significant event in the past on Jesus's mind as he knew what was approaching was another act of God, another time when God was going to make a way through the shed blood of a lamb. And on that night with those things on their minds, those things weighing heavy on Jesus's heart, he again does something that kind of bucks convention. They don't know yet the deep significance of their time together that night and what awaits, but Jesus does. And so in his perfect way of being forward thinking, he gives them the best possible object lesson of what they will be empowered to do and what they will be able to be as a people once he frees them up through the offering of his blood to be their covering and their protection from death. So at this Passover remembrance on that night, we just heard read for us, Jesus gets up and washes the feet of his followers. With his status, he is the last one who should be doing so. The one who spoke and whose words went out and formed the planets and trees and light and life. He is the one who chooses to take the posture of the lowest of servants. In John chapter 13, verses 3 through 5, we read, Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, 
laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. Jesus knew and understood the fullness of his position, what he came to accomplish for all. So he took on the humblest, lowest position before his community. This so in verse 4 is key. Because of what Jesus knew his sacrifice would accomplish, that is why he demonstrates the most selfless, humbling, messy love to those who do not deserve it. Because of what Jesus knew about what his upcoming sacrifice would accomplish in freeing people up from death, that motivates him to demonstrate a tangible physical love that is jarring to them because of how radical, unappealing, and grimy it is. A love that extreme, that challenging, that shocking, didn't exist in a vacuum for Jesus. It was for him connected to his being and his calling, connected to what he was walking toward. Love like that must be connected to his personhood and his ultimate sacrifice. So in that moment for them that night, the full impact is sort of lost on the disciples. They're confused. Jesus even says to them, do you even know what I've done for you? They don't at that point. But that doesn't make Jesus pull back. Rather, he says this thing that has you scratching your heads, this thing that is sort of throwing you off, I have given you this example that you should do just as I have done for you. Engage in a love that is demonstrated physically for those around you in a way that makes you need to humble yourself, be selfless, and get your hands dirty. A love that, through what you do for those who don't deserve it, is surprising. That's the nature of the kind of love that you are supposed to have. That is the love that mimics me. A love like this that connects to the nature and person of Christ, to his sacrifice that makes the way for death to pass over us. That when love comes from that, how you demonstrate it marks you as mine. That is what enables the world to see you as mine. Marked not by death or the works of death rather marked by a blood that enables us to love just as the one who shed and spilled that blood on our behalf. His sacrifice purchases our ability to love as him so the world can see him in us. Later on in chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, Jesus says, I give you a new command Love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my, my disciples if you love one another. The cross gifts us with the ability to love as he loved. For his body was the sacrifice that provided the blood to mark the doorposts of our soul so that when final death comes for us, it sees his mark and passes over, which in turn then 
frees us up from captivity so we can be a people that loves in a way that is challenging what is of death and decay. To love in a way that is radical in this world, not so that we are thought much of, but so that he is seen as valuable as he is. The body of him as our final sacrificial lamb is the grounding for our salvation and our ability to embody him by loving in a way that is sacrificial and selfless and humbling. If we are going to love rightly, in a way that mimics Christ, we must attach our ability to actively and functionally love to his work on the cross. Because loving as he requires here is extremely difficult. It's actually impossible to love this way without his work on the cross. That is how important the timing of his object lesson, his perfect sermon illustration is here. There's a reason it's placed here. There's a reason it's taking place during this Passover remembrance and his understanding of what his work will do. Because this kind of love is otherworldly. It's of spirit, it's divine. And we need the cross in order to be able to do this rightly. This love he commanded that night is one that puts the needs of others first, even when meeting those needs may mean extra work, extra effort, and a giving up of our resources, a giving up maybe even of our privileges and our positions. This love that Jesus demonstrated that night means you without hesitating will move yourself into a lower position or status if it means caring for others rightly. This love means that with Jesus, you make yourself uncomfortable if you have to in order to provide for and support those who maybe even don't deserve for you to treat them well. We can't forget whose feet he washes that night. Someone who will stab him in the back, someone who will deny even being able, being associated with him, others who in his greatest time of need are going to completely abandon him. This is why the way we are to love one another needs a backbone that's as strong as a cross because this love for people like that is out of our capacity to do without him. This is the value of the love that is brought by his sacrifice, one that can empower his children to seek the best in the good of those who may abandon us, betray us, speak ill of us, and attack us. A love that when we ourselves are so deeply hurt, even by his followers, that when we bear the scars of those who have maybe wounded us in assaults on our dignity, that when we've lost our ability to trust because of the countless times we have been abandoned, that we bring our love there to those spaces and to those people. This is a love that when everything within us wants to hate, we refuse to give in to that. This is a love that when it means loss for us, when it comes to time, money, and maybe even relationships, we don't hesitate. This is a love that makes us engage in the mess and helps us see through that mess to the image bearers within it and their capacity to also be recipients of the grace of a God who changes. This is a love that never forgets 
the ability of our God to transform the worst of the worst and says to God, do what you need to within me to transform others. Loving others in this way is what enables us to be able to play a part in cultivating a culture of life and resurrection, even while we are living in this space that is filled with so much death and decay. Because for us for whom death has passed over, that death passing us over empowers us to be a people of life that sees through what is physical to what is spiritual. And that's his divine love being active. And it is in our lived out love for those who are the most unlovable and most undeserving that he is so fully seen and in that his love is rich. For he loved us when in our sin we were the most unlovable to him. When we were his enemies, he knelt before us and removed our sandals and embraced our mess. Jesus didn't hesitate to love you fully, even though you don't deserve it. Even though you are lower than him, even though you continue to sin against others. No, even while we were at the worst of the worst, Jesus in his love still offered up his body to be physically crushed, spilling blood, so that we can then offer ourselves up for one another. The way to life and freedom is through his death, and the way to show that life and freedom is to love like him. My favorite verse actually in this entire passage is the latter part of verse 1 where it says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So friends, on this Maundy Thursday, where you may feel like right now you are dried up on your capacity to love those who are hard right now, where it just seems impossible and for legitimate reasons, rest in a secured love that you have from him where you are so emotionally and mentally tapped out and you just want to hide out from the world, cling to his love, which already has you firmly in its grasp. And as you seek to work out your salvation by loving others in a way that may cost you, that will even hurt at times, and that may require a remaking of yourself, remember you don't have to conjure up that love on your own. God doesn't expect that from you, doesn't put that impossible demand on you. Remember that empowering you to live this way is a love that overflows from the strongest love that could ever and will ever exist. A love from one that has looked at you and said, you're mine. Hang on to and let your love be a result of one who loves you as his own and will love you to the end. Please pray with me. Father, we thank you for the security of your love and for the ways that right now we are needing to really feel that and sit in that and remember that. I ask that by your spirit you would enable that to happen, that you would empower that to happen. Father, I thank you that you don't give us this command to love one another and expect us to do it on our own strength and of our own volition. 
Forgive us for all the times that we try to grasp after doing it on our own strength. Rather, Father, we thank you so much that you, in the being and personhood of your Son, have given us a power to be able to do this. And so I do especially pray for us right now where this does seem impossibly hard. That by the work of your spirit, you would empower your children to actually rightly be able to do this in our particular spaces. Father, we trust in the transformative work that was accomplished when you sacrificed yourself. And so I do pray for us in this particular season and this week that you would remind us anew of what that tangibly and physically means for us in our position before you, but also in what you have empowered us to do in this time and in this world and in this space. We love you and we offer ourselves to you in this. In your name we pray. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, Thanks for listening to this message from Icon Community Church. Please visit us online at iconcommunitychurch.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.